So, hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Saladcast for this season with myself, Glyn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. How are you, mate? Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, and we have a guest this week, our uh, illustrious guest, ex-manager of Shootdown Ladies Team and current manager of Telford Ladies Team, we should say, so uh, someone a bit of knowledge on the game again, it's Sean Evans. Welcome back, mate. Good evening, both. How are we? We're good, we're good, good. and um, yeah, busy week again, guys, wasn't it, with another two games to cover. Obviously, hasn't quite gone our way in both those games, but... Certainly, lots to be positive and proud about, isn't there? We think you both agree about that, wouldn't you? Yeah, from my point of view, I'm, I'm, you know, it's been a great week for the for the club, hasn't it? It's been yep. a very proud moment for every single supporter. It's nice that you dream of doing all, <laughs> you know, next season. Hopefully, if if we achieve if we achieve what we want to do this year, you know, we could be going to places like that next year. But fabulous week, really enjoyed it. Yep, pretty knackered now, to be fair. Yeah, it's been tiring, hasn't it, this week, Ollie? It has, yeah. I. Again, a sense of disappointment on Saturday, um, mm. and we'll come on to I guess the, we'll come on to the reasons why when we go into the kind of depth of the game. But uh, yeah, on just a little bit on Tuesday night, it was quite yeah an interesting even. I think in certain in terms of the long term, I think it's probably the right best result for us um, to push on in, onto other things, our limited squad. But yeah, it was a good a good experience, um, and yeah, and and also in terms of being a bit boring, but also good money in the bank. Yeah, as wasn't it? Yeah, because it was a good good attempt, wasn't it? I suppose we'll get onto the West Ham game in a minute, but yeah. You know, and it's going to be like this for the next few weeks, isn't it? It has been for weeks now, two games every week, and, you know, I'd say the tiredness might be shown in some of the players, but fans have got to keep with it as well, because home and away all the time, it's becoming a bit <laughs> hard to keep up with it all. But, um, yeah, there we go. I think we're, we're all generally quite happy as an intro to this. So, um, yeah, I think we'll move on to the games, won't we, guys? Well, what a revelation Shrewsbury have been. Full of ideas, full of confidence, and a lot of football. The Warriors caught a 10 Okay, cool. So the West Ham game, FA Cup. Um, so yeah, so let's start with Sean. How did you get to the game? Uh, decided to make the journey down with the uh, official supporters club. It's one of them. I've, I've been to the Olympic Stadium before. I went to the Paralympics in 2012. And oh, nice. It was great for Olympics, obviously, but around it, it just it's just not a lot around it. And I didn't really want to have that trouble of getting out, getting in um, around mm. the game. So I wanted to try and make it as easy as possible. And plus, it just saves on the driving as well. It's a long journey down. And if I needed to sleep on the way back, I could sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it was, good. it was a good journey down, to be fair. And we got down there in reasonable time. Yeah, I think I drove down there, Ollie. I, 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 but I did something a bit different to a lot of fans. I booked a hotel about 10 minutes down the road from the, the stadium, which was quite handy because I was taking my dad and he, he fancied a little bit of a break. So... Yeah, we went down early. I wanted to show me dad a bit of the Olympic Stadium and park. He never went down at the Olympics. And we ended up going up to the top of the orbit and actually down on the slide, which was a highlight of the trip, to be honest <laughs> with you. My dad, got, my dad felt so sick at the bottom of it that we had to go back to the hotel and have a little lie down for a while because he couldn't he, he couldn't walk from it. He was so discombobulated. So, yeah, that was a, that was a good bit. Um, but, yeah, so I think we made the right decision because, obviously, with it going to extra time, the, yeah. the, the late night finish was mm. a bit horrendous for people who had to go back to work. But I, I booked off the Tuesday night and the Wednesday morning as well. So. Oh, there you go. Bit of logic applied there from me. What about you, Ollie? Um, yeah, I um, decided to work from London for the day. Oh, you did say that last week, yeah. Yeah, so I worked in the office on Tuesday, um, and then um, there's quite a few people I took from work to the game. So my boss, a couple of guys that worked for me, and then a guy, uh, another guy in procurement. So actually, I drove him across, and we went to. I drove to the Westfield, and then I, yeah, I drove back, which was quite interesting on the way back. The Waze app took me on a proper tour of London. So I went Pall Mall, <laughs> Strand, really? Harrods. Yeah, it God. took them all through all that to get through the centre to the M4. So no I'll stay near Heathrow. So yeah, but um, yeah, the um, I called it a. Um, how do I call this? How do I describe it? It's basically a concrete wasteland. <laughs> and I've ran around. I've, I did a big run uh, for the charity shelter, didn't I, in November? And we ran round the area, around the canal and back. And it's just rubbish. And yeah, I, we parked at the Westfield, went through the shopping centre, um, which is a bit odd. Um, and then, yeah, made our way, walked to the ground, got st- Full body searched and a big queue. Oh, everybody there. did. Yeah. That was rubbish. Yeah. And I just made it to my seat in time. Did you get? Did either of you two go to a pub beforehand? I went to a, a bar, a Spanish bar in, um, <laughs> um, and had a, a ham and cheese Spanish style. Um, oh wow! A jam bomb, so um, before the game. Yeah. That must have cost about ten quid. Then <laughs> it did actually. And then I, I got a tenner out to buy two drinks. And she said, oh, yeah, that's £10. And I was like, oh, OK. God. Landing prices, isn't it, Exactly. Mate? There you go. Exactly. But we were on the way in, um, and I had I had Busy on the coach with me, which was always, <laughs> was always entertaining with him on board. And, uh, you know, in his in his busy accent, you know, he was looking around, where where can we go for our jollops, man? And, oh, and to be fair, we went past this pub, and uh, I don't think we'd have come out of it alive, to be honest. It looks <laughs> it looks rough. 
So it was a case of, right, let's just get to the ground and <laughs> hope and pray there's something around there. There yeah. was £5 a pint for flat Heineken, but there you yeah. go. I think that is, I mean, it's worth talking about, isn't it? Because as much as we can talk about the game and everything that happened and the pride that we probably all feel yeah. after it, you know, there is that experience, isn't there, Ollie, of going to the, a stadium like that? It's not somewhere we've ever been before and it might be somewhere we go a lot soon, hopefully, if things well, are right. But it might be somewhere go we again? don't go for a while. Well, that, this is the thing. I could, you know, I think we're probably flicking forward to a bit at the end of the game. We might as well talk about it now because getting there, it wasn't awful but getting out of that stadium was awful and, and I could not put up with that if I had you know no. I think someone jokingly said it puts the, the, the green gate at Shrewsbury Stadium to yeah. shame, doesn't it because we have to wait five minutes for a gate to be opened and they have to walk a 45 minute detour around the entire stadium back to Stratford and I heard you know when we walked out and we had to go down the steps and then down towards that kind of tunnel um, yes. I heard that um, West um, Chelsea fans ambushed by West Ham fans there God. Um, and then yeah we had to cut back and then we had to walk through and kind of break the kind of co- the co- the co- the cordons and then we yeah. got to the Westfield and and thousands of West Ham fans were all penned in like one of those scenes in Children of Men with like guard dogs and <laughs> um, you know people in cages um, it was pretty horrendous oh, it was eye opening wasn't it it was eye opening it wasn't quite as bad as the fact that if you wanted to buy a hot dog it was like £9 something for that and a drink or something ridiculous like that so the whole, the whole experience there can't be much fan for West Ham fans and it's a one, one-off experience um, yeah I, I guess we could before we move on to the game I suppose whereabouts were you guys sitting as well as the other interesting thing I was seven rows from the front. Oh, God. Um, now, to be fair, I don't. Uh, the view wasn't too bad. I think the thing that annoyed me was the screen the other end of the ground. <laughs> because that was like two seconds behind the actual action. Yeah, happened. it was so a bit. I remember like the, uh, the, the Bolton clearance. Couldn't see what happened. I just no. saw a lot of noise and looked on the screen, and, you know, it was a bit of a helping hand. Mm. Before we move on, can I just point out how good the hot dogs were at West Ham? Oh, were they good? Well, they were, the, were they worth big, the money? How big they were. <laughs> I literally went there and I said, can I just have a hot dog, please? And it come out, and I think it was over a foot-long sausage. Well, it's not often anyone it says good things about football food, Ollie, so, uh, <laughs> so that's a good sign, isn't it? But yeah, whereabouts were you, mate? Um, I was 11 rows from the front, um, oh, in right, the block, on the right-hand side, behind the goal. And I feel a bit, um, I did feel a bit guilty, actually, when I brought um, four other guys from work tickets, um, because obviously then we did sell out. Yes. Um, and yeah, I was, let's say it was hard to get the chanting going, because there was a lot of tourists there, obviously... You know, all putting money in the in the coffers of the club in um, yep. in the long term indirectly, um, but yeah, it was there was a lot of people who were tourists, but that's everyone's got their right to get a ticket. Yeah, I think it's interesting because maybe I've had a different experience at the match because I was ten rows from the back, so I was actually with the guys who the, a bunch of guys did congregate. They weren't actually sitting in their seats; they were supposed to sit in. A lot of them were standing. in the We concourse. stood the whole game. I don't know where Sean on and, they, and stood. I, I stood most of it as well. Yeah, but it was actually I found it was quite a good atmosphere. I quite enjoyed the atmosphere. I know it didn't carry anywhere else in the stadium, but. There was a bunch of West Ham fans to our left-hand side chirps in it off, and there was a bunch of lads chirps in back of them, so there's a bit of that. And actually, it was probably more chance got going at the back as well. So I, I quite enjoyed the atmosphere. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, the only chance that got going was Salah, wasn't it? And interestingly, uh, Matt Ashton was at the opposite end, obviously, when we were attacking the end, and he said he couldn't hear Shooter Town fans at all. I know. Um, but anyway, so uh, the funny, funny if you know me... Um, Probably not, maybe as much as Lewis Cox, and we know that Lewis Cox loves his formations. Um, <laughs> but it took it's the angle of attack for my eyes. Kind of, it took me um, kind of fifty minutes to realise we were playing three at the back. Yeah, and yeah, it was um, interesting formation. So we went from a let's call it a Chelsea style setup. Mm, yeah, maybe um, I don't know. With um, Nasala, Sadler, and Beckles at the back. And then Riley go go Godfrey low as kind of like you know um, three four two one um, with Riley and Blue playing as wing backs with Warley and Nolan behind Payne. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I, you know, when you look at that, I, I say you tried to figure out what was going on from the off. I remember when Joe Hart came out to warm up from ten rows at the back, and he was down the other end, and he looked like a pinhead. It was like tiny. So <laughs> my my observations of the game live might not be <laughs> quite so good because I was a long, long way away from the pitch. But yeah, it, it, I think that once he settled into that formation and, and looked at it, I think it kind of made sense. Yeah, it, it kind of worked. Yeah, well, obviously it worked, it? and but, also yeah. a few fresh faces. So yes, obviously Low was fresh in, Payne was fresh in. Um, and Riley was fresh in, Riley, so obviously yeah. gave a bit of um, yeah fresh legs into the team. But it made sense, didn't it, Sean? Considering we were expecting them to possibly play a, a stronger team and get it done at home, and maybe a little bit more conservative, but it still gave us the opportunity to play those players forward that we normally get into those attacking positions. Yeah, definitely, it was quite interesting. Like it's a, like Ollie said, when you're trying to work it out yourself, because he's it's not the first time he's done it. He's done it before, where yep. the the team comes out at two o'clock and everybody's looking at it going, "Well, where's he playing? Where's he playing?" <laughs> But we were strong, wasn't it? It was a strong back three, yeah. strong back five, really, if you add the wing backs as yeah. well. And it and it gave Wally a little bit of freedom as well, didn't it, really? He was cutting inside a lot more and he was playing a lot more off pain. Yeah. Um, 
Sometimes he was almost in the number 10 role, wasn't he, Ollie? Which I'm not sure suited him too much, but worked hard, gave it away a little bit too much. But I, I'd still prefer him out on the wing in, other than that position. But yeah, he did, did a great involvement, didn't he? Yeah, overall, I'd say our passing was quite poor, wasn't it? Um, my boss, who's a massive Arsenal fan, kind of summed up the game in terms of it was yeah, quite a, a very good defensive performance from Shrewsbury Town. Um, mm. Attacking, yeah. we weren't so prolific but um, yeah very proud performance so I don't know Glitch should we do roll with us this week do you want to give us a bit of an intro and then give the guys who didn't make it to the game a bit of a kind of context of what happened yeah you kind of summed it up there I say a decent defensive performance your friend called it I'd say a brilliant defensive performance in all honesty yeah. having watched that game as a Shrewsbury Tower fan and knowing how well our defence are but you're right in what you just said as well Ollie in that there weren't that many chances that we created and I think the first half was really a whole first half of very little chances in, in general wasn't it and I think the best West Ham chance was a a Lanzini free kick which sort of seemed to swerve a little bit and, and deceive Henderson um, but we didn't really create too many clear-cut chances out in the entire half and we didn't actually have a shot on target really in, in the first half so no. that does kind of prove that although we weren't penned back all the time we certainly weren't the attacking force that we have been in some games but for me and, and I'll let you guys have your word about the first half I thought we matched West Ham from pretty much the off and, and that was purely from our work rate of our midfielders and, and, and how solid the defence were so it was certainly a half where I didn't feel overly worried that much but I didn't think we were going to score so yeah I don't think you could disagree with that, could you? No, not at all. No, I, I, to be fair, I think it was a case we set up of, of trying to frustrate him. I think, yeah, um, and I think it's a little bit of realism in the fact that who who we were up against that you know in the end come the end of the game sixty million worth pound sixty million pounds worth of talent on the pitch mm. and we were solid and they never really I never really felt like they were going to score first half. But then again, I'd never felt like they we were either, so it was quite a strange. It, it kind of just passed by. If, mm. Just let's pretend that you're the Shrewsbury Town manager, Sean, and if you're Might trying to fi- if you're trying to figure out what David Moyes' game plan was, what do you think it was? <sighs> Try, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, I think it was a case of trying to be disciplined. Yeah. Um, because I think if if we have we have got threats, I know we don't score an awful lot, but we have got threats in many areas, and I think if he'd have. If he'd have gone all out gung ho, and the defense would have been a little bit slack, yeah. it could have opened up gaps. So I think it was a case mm. of be disciplined, try and work them out, try and find holes in us if we can. Because let's be honest, first leg we we should have won the game, yep. Um, yep. and they didn't really cause much trouble to us then. So they were probably expecting exactly the same thing again this time. Right, okay, they're going to be strong defensively. They've got a little bit going forward, but if we can try and nullify that and see what other holes we can try and open and go from there and like I said I think the first half kind of just passed by really because you know both teams didn't really do anything to each other Mm. so it was a case of right okay second half when half time came it was a chance to go right we know what they've got now they know what they've got um, so it was, you know, it was, mm. I say pass by. It did open up though, didn't it, in the second half a little bit, mm. I think. And, and what Sean said there is right, I think, Ollie, in that, yeah, I think it was a, 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 the mentality that you just said Moyes had. But I, I think that maybe he sent them out to be a little bit more expansive in the second half. Yeah. And we certainly had more of the space <sighs> then. And it, it got Nolan in the game a little bit more and it mm. enabled us to obviously have the pain chance we'll talk about in a minute. But also, we certainly had more corners in the second half and, and bits and pieces. So I think, yeah, it was a sort of. Maybe Moyes had sort of thought, well, that was overly conservative and we can push them a little bit more, having seen how we set up. But it took them until half-time to figure that out. Do you not think, Colin? Yeah, it, I thought they were just kind of relied on Lanzini. It was kind of like, yeah, the idea yeah. was, get the ball to Lanzini. Um, it's quite a lot of, I think that's quite a lot of credit to the players that he did start him, um, mm, how important yeah. he'll be for them in their season. Um, and yeah, but the, we were compact and, and as you'd expect from a, a Paul Hurst side, we worked really hard and kind of really limited them to... Um, as you said, free shot of shots from long range and mm. um, and free kicks, which um, which was interesting. And Paul Hurst mentioned this a little more comment now. We had to be very careful, and I think sometimes we rushed to tackles, and when they went down quite quickly. Yeah, but I think the Lanzini thing is interesting. He's a brilliant player, isn't he? Yeah, like, he is. The amount of space that he had in that game was was nullified by Godfrey and Agogo and Nolan, and then the defenders stepping out if they needed to. We really, really pressured him off the ball a lot, and he, he saw a lot of it. But other than the free kick and a couple of little half chances that he put in for other people, he, he didn't really create too much up until sort of the end of ninety minutes. I didn't think so. No. You know, considering how good of a player he is, it's another tick in the box for the defence because they really did keep him yeah. quiet. But I, I just felt West Ham were going sideways a hell of a lot in the first half because we were literally so solid across the back. They even tried a couple of times to go over the top mm, but yeah. it, it nothing was hurting us and like Glenn said Lanzini was the, the linchpin 
in trying to get every attack going. But yeah, it, it, it was kind of it was. If I was a West Ham fan, I'd be quite annoyed really about the first half performance because it was a case of they were almost treating us with. Too much respect. Too much for a West respect. Fan, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a respect, or they were just struggling. I felt they were struggling, and I think in the Both. second half as well, they struggled quite a lot, didn't they? And yeah, we had a few chances. Do you want to? Yeah, the, probably the best chance of the game fell to pain. <sighs> God, still hurts looking back at this. I watched the highlights of it. I again haven't watched today, it back. You haven't watched it back. No. You can't watch it back, or <laughs> I decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, it was a great through ball, wasn't it? And yeah. he's just suddenly in one on one, totally, totally done the back line of the, of the West Ham defence, and. He's running in against Joe Hart, and and that's the hard thing, isn't it? You know, in nine times out of ten, Payne's well, right at the moment, Payne's probably been misfiring a little bit. But at the start of the season, he even against Joe Hart, you would have backed him to just take another touch and put it under his legs or just to his right. But he doesn't do enough, does he? And he just hits it straight at Hart. And and to be fair to Joe, he done well again there. You know, he done two saves in the first leg, and he, he did really well to at least pressure Payne into not taking that chance. But it was a glorious chance, wasn't it? Certainly the half, uh, certainly yeah. the best chance of the ninety minutes for me. Yeah, definitely. I, I spoke to Sam Morris about it yesterday, and we were saying about that Joe Hart's strength is how quick he comes out and how big yep. he makes himself. But he gets so low to the ground mm. that maybe hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? When it's happened, but <laughs> he should have lifted it. But I think a Stephen Payne on fire would have done that. It, yeah. yeah, he would have. He would have smashed it past him so fast yeah. that he wouldn't have had a chance. Yeah, and I just think at the moment the the, the guys just having. One of that, one of those moments in front of goal where it's just not happening. Mm. Now it might take. Look at Carlton Morris. I mean, it took till yesterday for him to get a goal yeah. again. But you can't, you can't knock him for hard work. No, um, and he was and good in general. Wasn't he pain, I thought, off the ball and his running again. Everything was like Morris on, yeah. on Saturday. You know, you can't criticize the work rate they're putting in, but it's it's unfortunate how little goals they're getting. Yeah, one up top is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, it works well for a target man or a different type of player. Payne's not the same player as Morris. And I think Payne kind of needs... Payne's a poacher. We've seen that at Rotherham this year. That was a real poacher's finish. Mm. Um, and I think it, Morris works fine as a one. I think Payne doesn't as such. I think he just needs another... It, it will work if you have a midfielder close to him. But I think against West Ham, because they were a little bit stronger in areas yeah. than us, he didn't obviously get as much... Of, of those moments, yeah, I think it's it, true. I think if um, Payne was the informed striker, um, and he didn't, you know, he didn't want to kind of stretch Morris's legs too much, I think Morris probably would have been the better striker to start that game. Uh, but I can understand why Hurst yeah. didn't choose Morris. Yeah, it's the long-term strategy, that isn't it? About yeah. fitness and resting players and stuff, and we've had to be, be more conservative on that. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll come to talk about fitness. But yeah, uh, but then I suppose the good thing for us was we were still defending fantastically, weren't we? Toto and Sadler winning all the headers, and um, Riley was getting back and covering, and so was yeah. Lowe, it was impressive. And that forced West Ham then to bring on, for 70 minutes, they started to bring on the big guns. Yeah, and Anatovic and Noble particularly. And now, I, I read, I watched the Sky highlights back, and they were like, Anatovic, Anatovic, and Nautovic changed the game <laughs> but for me I, I didn't think he changed the game I think Noble changed the game I think Noble he, changed the game definitely 100% I thought Nautovic was pretty awful to be honest with you in general he got the ball and tried to make press but he gave it away a lot but Noble was you just had that real class above anything else West Ham had on the team and, and mm. he started to dictate the pace and we really came deeper and deeper then didn't we and mm. yeah we, we kept breaking and we kept having corners and bits and pieces and, and we had a real good chance near the end when I think it was Toto just headed it over with pretty yeah. much the last one of the last kicks of the game wasn't it in yeah. the 90 minutes but certainly from, from that point onwards West Ham really sort of pushed us back didn't they yeah I, I, I think the only thing he really did was he created a few more opportunities for him there was a few more shots getting away yeah yeah um, that's about it, really. I mean, he's. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. I think he's just a bit of an over overpaid prima donna, really. Um, but Noble, I completely agree. He's dictated yeah. that midfield then. Um, he gave us so much more different different stuff to deal with then, didn't it, Ollie? Yeah, yeah, it did. He, yeah, he forced, he stretched the play, and Noble was just good. And also, just while we're talking about Noble, he was class at the end when he was the clap at the end um, to the fans, yeah, and he seems like a good player. That. And interestingly, um, the week before they were talking about West Ham um, on, I can't remember if it was Talksport or Five Live, and saying that um, like there's like I don't know five or six times in the last ten years where people think that you know Noble's finished now, someone else will come and take his place, um, mm. and then he comes back in, and I don't know the stats but their win rate without Noble is horrendous and then he comes back in he just seems to yeah he's a good player like I think go-go, yeah I was about player. to say that like I said a go-go yeah exactly yeah exactly just let him in a go-go so yeah so then there was um, one one chance wasn't there at the end of the, the half of normal time yeah it was so close as well wasn't it just over the bar but from then on it was sort of like a case of the last couple of minutes of I didn't feel like after we had that total chance they didn't really look like they had any good chances to stop us getting to extra time I felt quite comfortable that we'd get to extra time and um, yeah 
yeah, we got there. Massive, massive applause from the town fans, and um, everyone starts to worry about how much this was going to knacker us out. But at yeah. that point in time, what the fans like, or the the players? Yeah. Well, the, the fans, I think, <laughs> but at that point in time, everyone was sort of riding yeah. the crest of a wave thinking yeah. it's taken 180 minutes for, for West Ham to score against us and they still haven't. So, you know, we were looking to try and make that, you know, a bit more, weren't we? And, and into the first half of extra time, I thought that was probably one of our better spells. I thought we really started that first half of extra time very well. And, um, yeah, in overall in that first half, West Ham had two of their best chances of the game where we cleared two of them off the line and, and we'll come to Bolton's particularly in a minute. But I thought we really started extra time with a bit more verve again. Yeah, I do. I, I... There's one thing that's special about this team is how fit they are. Yes. You know, that if it was the team that started under Mellon last year, <laughs> well, we wouldn't actually be in the round anyway. We <laughs> would have gone, gone out the first round. But, altering them in the first round or something. Yeah, but God, we are so fit. And we, you know, we really, we never gave up. And it was it was good to see how we started better than them. And I, I, it was it was almost a little bit, bit shell shot really, because you're kind of thinking, right, they're the Premier League team at home. They've got the big hitters on the pitch. You've got to go for it now. Mm, they yeah. don't want. They don't want to go to penalties because if they go to penalties, it's you know the potential embarrassment on your own patch because um, it can go either way. Penalties. Yeah. You don't know how to call it. I'd have felt confident to be fair with Dino in goal. So yeah, it was it was a good start from us. Good well, start. wasn't it, Ollie? But yeah, I, I say they had two good chances in that first half extra time, didn't they? And I think you can you can give us a, a brief description of what the hell Bolton did to stop the one Lanzini shot. Oh, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. So Henderson comes out, and then they have a shot at goal. And I'd love to have I'd love to have was Bolt interviewed after the game. I don't think he's been interviewed since. No, I've not heard. About and he it, just no. kind of like. Bit like a salmon, kind of launches himself forward, um, and he's a bit like, um, like almost like you imagine, um, you know, um, foosball, a foosball player. He's almost like yeah. rigid, and he just kind of dives like a penguin, um, and the ball hits his <laughs> chest, um, and yeah, unbelievable reactions and unbelievable kind of just thought just to yeah put his body on the line and yeah. Great save for him. It's, we've talked about iconic moments a few times recently, haven't we, Ollie? About you know Sadler's headband in the first game against West Ham and the late goals we scored in the last minute being moments of the season. But to me, that was just a real sign of the the, the will and the drive our players have not to concede. And yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was brilliant. And um, yeah, Godfrey obviously headed one off the line, didn't he, as well, when someone yeah. almost chipped chipped Nolan, but sorry, chipped Henderson. But that was it, really. We got through to the, the end of that that little first period of, of, of half time, and then we were fifteen minutes away from penalties. And I think I'd say I think we edged that half. Yes, Don't definitely. You? Yeah. Despite those chances, it's a bit weird, wasn't it? But we, we certainly played the better football in that period. But then I would say, come the second half of, of extra time, West Ham got right yeah, on top of did, us again. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't really say the goal was coming. They were starting to put more pressure on us, but especially towards those last sort of five minutes before the goal. But, you know, we still were manfully defending. And I was quite confident we were going to get to penalties off, off, off the basis of what I'd yeah. seen in that previous period. Um, but it wasn't to be, was it, Ollie? No, it wasn't. It was, it was scrappy and it was right in front of me and Sean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you were right down there. Yeah, I can't really remember what really happened. It's just kind of like bounced around into it. Um, and then Burke found his way and half followed it down into the ground and into the top of the bar. Yeah, it was weird. I've watched it back a few times. And I think the thing that does us a little bit is that um, the, the guy who's at Burke out on the wing who eventually ships it in for, for the goal. But um, it, he goes to do a little flick into the box and he actually completely miskicks it. Mm. And the ball bounces and Sadler's jumping to block the little flick he's going to do. And then obviously he's completely sort of off balance and, and jumping in the air when the next ball's knocked across, which is a little bit unfortunate. If you're going to pick something that might might was, might have been a bit unfortunate there. But in, in general, the defending was it was just a bit unlucky rather than bad defending, to be honest. We, we weren't wanting to put a foot through it and clear it, but we were trying to sort of shield it. He was trying to sort of shield it and stop it getting into the box. And you wouldn't expect a centre-back to score his first goal for a football no. club by rifling mm. it from the edge of the box. And he almost missed it. You know, it was traveling. There's no one to blame, is there? I don't think you could no. sit back and blame someone. I think, no chance um, for Henderson. Yeah, I think it's just one of those. Um, one of those. And it was a kick chances. in the teeth, wasn't it? Real, real harsh. I thought. I think it was a case of tired minds and tired bodies. Yeah, a little bit maybe. I think if we'd have had that little bit extra in the tank, I don't think it might have got to that area. But I mean, that's why they're a Premier League team. They mm. found those areas, didn't they? They're a little bit more switched on in those moments. And but it it was a proper kick in the teeth because up till then, I actually felt. I felt comfortable all game. Yeah. I never felt like we were under pressure from minute one, which is great to say, really, against West Ham at their own patch. Um, so when that went in, it was a horrible feeling because it was like because you look to your watch and you're thinking five minutes. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's and, it's, all. and it's taken them 202 minutes in total to score against us, hasn't it? But that's not even without the injury time um, that would have been in both games as well. So you know, huge credit. And I think what what 
Sean just said it was reflected by West Ham fans in general after the game there was a, a real appreciation on social media and I think at the end of the game by their fans there was a bit of clapping I know that some, there were some morons just left where I was sitting who weren't particularly enamoured with us but you know I think there was an appreciation of the job we tried to do on them and how close we came to doing it and yeah that was it and, and you must give West Ham a bit of credit after they scored as well because I thought they played that period out perfectly they did not yeah, give us yeah. a sniff like we've been doing to teams at home this season when we've been winning they played it out perfectly and we did from when they scored I also didn't feel like we were going to get back in it so exactly. yeah there we go that was it We'd, we lost 1-0 and, and everyone tried to get home <laughs> and it was a bit of a gutter wasn't it but yeah it's still still as I said we're still at the front still I, I had huge pride Shropshire, Shropshire Radio phoned me up at the end of the game mm-hmm. um, even though they announced it that I'd phoned them Radio Shropshire phoned me I don't phone Radio Shropshire <laughs> but anyway part of me doesn't believe that <laughs> no it's true and um, I went on there and I was no one believes I that mate. yesterday I was a bit emotional on the radio I was like these lads have prayed with pride and we should all get behind them now because we've got a very special team here and, and Although I was emotional when I was on the radio, I wasn't wasn't crying or anything. But you know, it was quite, I was just proud, emotion, pride, emotion. Do you know what I mean? And but yeah. that's true. I listen back to what I said is perfectly true because there's no way we should have been coming away from here getting downhearted. It was something that was still a huge, you know, massive bonus for the football club. Really, at the end of the day, yeah, huge bonus. Uh, pride's the pride's the key word that everybody says, isn't it? It's I think even when they went one 0 up, everybody around our lot was still getting behind them. Yeah, yeah. Even even the so called day trippers were still getting behind us. <laughs> But it's been we've been like that all season. Yeah, you know, pride. I I've been immensely proud of them every, most most weeks, apart from Barry. Apart from Barry. Um, <laughs> let's let's be honest. We turn up to games now. and We actually enjoy the games. Apart from Barry, we've actually enjoyed the games. We've come away and gone. Do you know what? I quite enjoyed that. Even when we lost at Peterborough, that was a decent showing. I thought oh, we so, didn't deserve know, to lose there. No, we didn't deserve. So yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. That Ollie, not something we've mentioned before. But yeah. So there we go. So we'll just talk about some of the players who really stood out in the game. But we should say all all the lads that came on, even the subs. You know, they were all fantastic, weren't they? So mm. this isn't a bit unfair to pick out one or two players because I think everybody put a shift in. But yeah, we'll go, I'll go through my top top three quickly, Ollie. I went for a go go round of the match. I think that was probably the work rate for for ninety minutes plus hardest I've seen him work, and he he really put his body on the line and. Just fantastic, like he's been doing all season. Um, I went for Toto second, um, and Sadler third. I think it was hard to split Toto and Sadler mm. in terms of a centre back pair. And I know we obviously had Beckles as well, but those two for me just maybe stood out a little bit more than Beckles. And in terms of a game where we, we were under the cosh a little bit quite a few times, they were just imperious again. And um, yeah, can't say can't speak more highly really of the back back line. Yeah, I mean, f- f- mine. I've gone Sadler number one. Yeah, um, I thought he dealt with absolutely at both games. I thought he was excellent in the home game as well. He dealt with everything in the air. He's up against a player that's got so much trickery and pace in Lanzini. Mm. And it's unbelievable to think that he almost, well over a year ago, Sads was not even <laughs> named in the named in the squad. Full stop. Oh man! You know, we, none of us would have picked Sadler to play in our eleven, but now no. he's that much of a key player. He's so important to play for us. Then he was just solid as a rock. Godfrey, so much energy in that midfield. It's difficult to be fair because I, I agree with Glenn. I thought Gogo was immense again. But I say that every week. I think everybody says a go goes immense every week. <laughs> and I think we've almost come got a little bit accustomed to the yeah to him playing so well. We've said that before. He sometimes gets overlooked, especially with how Nolan Godfrey have been playing. Yeah. But in, in essence, whenever we had a good performance, you can pick one of those three midfielders because they've always had a brilliant yeah. game. So we don't tick with without a go go in the team. Oh. Um, but Godfrey's got going to go far in the game without a shadow of a doubt. He'll be a Premier League player, and I'll be shocked if he is. And, and mm. then my third one, I've gone Toto. It's twelve months ago that I was on this podcast and Toto had only been with us for a short space of time yeah. but I mean crikey what a player he's turned out for us um, and I, I believe he could play a championship championship level easily getting better isn't he he's, every week yeah I mean he, the thing I love about him he makes a mistake but then nine times out of ten he wins it back straight away yeah true enough um, and he gives he gives his absolute all for everybody and you know it, he was excellent again that night. And you've, you're pretty similar to me, aren't you, Ollie, in terms of your top three, I think? Yeah, go, go, Sadler, Toto. Yeah, can't disagree with any of that, can you? We think, think we've covered all three of those as well. But as I say, no disrespect to any of the other lads because, you know, everyone appreciates the entirety, the shift everybody put in. So, um, yeah, there we go. Paul Hurst had some good comments at the end of the game, as usual, didn't he, Ollie? I, I, I had it on the radio when I got back to the um, hotel. But, yeah, pride was, again, one of the key themes, wasn't it? Yeah, he said, very proud of the players' efforts. West Ham put the big guns on to try and beat us. And it took them to, to the into extra time to break us down. Um, disappointed with the goal we conceded. Um, if someone had scored from distance, you would applaud it. It was a nothing goal, a bit heartbreaking. Um, and then a great clearance by Bolton, fantastic following. And then he mentioned again just some lessons, lessons we learned, yeah. um, and to be need to be a bit calmer on the ball. So yeah, we um, move on, don't we? It's essentially, and it was a good FA Cup run. 
um, pretty good. good. And then money in the bank exactly. as well from all the different bits and pieces we've done, and certainly, hopefully, a little bit more of that might get reinvested now between the end of the window. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, it might not have been money we banked for, so yeah, the whole whole run's been good, and it ended on a on a positive, even though we've lost, which is quite a strange thing to say. But um, for a club like us, yeah, a definite positive. And I think as soon as we got back, really, when people got on the bus, it was already looking forward to getting back to the league and trying to stay in the mix with the top two running away, well, top three running away from everybody else. And um, mm. yeah, next up at home, it was Doncaster Rose, wasn't it, Ollie? And uh, yeah, a bit of a very a very strange game in retrospect looking back now. And um, yeah, for anyone that wasn't there or hasn't seen it, it was 2-2. Town went 2-0 up through Sadler and Morris and then Doncaster pegged us back late on in the game in front of 5,818, which was a little bit lower, but it was horrible, the weather. So I'm just going to give them a weekend Plus off. It's near the end of the month as well. Yeah. I think a lot of people are skin. It's been a very expensive month. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a draw... Um, with Wigan and Blackburn winning, which means we dropped out the top two for the first time since September, which was four and a half months, which credit to that run as well. We're sort of saying goodbye to that run for the moment, but yeah, that's an, an unbelievable run. And um, yeah, a few changes in the team, wasn't there, Ollie, this week? Yeah, so um, it's rather surprising. I, I think quite a few of us expected um, to see Lowe come in, but I didn't yeah. expect him to make, to make two changes to the back four, which I thought was quite no. a surprise. No, and, and to, to have Hendry and, and, and Lowe, as I say, making his first... Uh, Hendry making his first appearance really wasn't it and Lowe obviously making his one of his first starts from from at home as well so yeah I think uh, that worked for me we'll come to that in a minute but yeah obviously the, the rest of the team pretty much picked itself didn't it with Payne dropping out for Morris and, and the usual midfield with the two usual wingers um, I'm not going to name more because everybody knows who plays in midfield by now <laughs> so for me it was uh, you know I, I like Beckles and I'd sort of argued for the point of keeping Beckles in because he had been really good at at, at, um, at West Ham but I can understand you know that we probably wanted that little bit more attacking threat with Lowe and, and it worked out to be a, a good move really so um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we kicked off and cracking performance from the off, wasn't it really, Sean? The first 30 minutes was stunning. Absolutely fantastic start. I mean, I, the, the the lineup took me by surprise, to be honest, because everybody kind of approached the game of thinking, who's actually going to be fit enough to play because there's a mm. lot, a lot of tired players on Tuesday. So I was quite surprised that he, yeah. that a go-go started, and that Nolan did. Yeah. NCR as well, Wally. but the but the energy in that first thirty minutes was unbelievable. Considering that we played hundred hundred and twenty minutes yep. in a football at a, at a fast pace, we never gave him a sniff. Doncaster, we actually looked so comfortable, so threatening every time we were going forward. Mm. So yeah, it was a fantastic start by us. And they looked poor, to be honest with you, by the way we were playing. I was not impressed with Doncaster at all. And um, yeah, I think it was almost like a case, Ollie, of them saying, look, we're not unfit and we're not tired. We still want to keep going and prove a point. And certainly came across like that a bit, didn't it? Yeah, I would say, was it, were they poor or were we just exceptional? No, I, I agree. that We made them look poor. I think we started. I think those up there with um, with... Oxford, I think that was probably the best 30 minutes of football we've played all season. Possibly, yeah. It was really nice. It was brilliant. It was just like a pleasure to watch. Um, we, they were Sometimes their fullbacks were just hoofing it down the flanks uh, over the back of our fullbacks just to kind of have a bit of a breather. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, just the the biggest kind of regret from the first half is that we went in only 1-0 up. Yeah, I think that it was one of those times where we actually did make one of our good periods play count because yeah. obviously we had a good first 30 minutes and we scored 21 minutes, I think it was. Um, and yeah, we should just talk about the goal really yeah. quickly. The first goal, it was from a corner. I know. So we've, <laughs> we've been wasting so many so many corners and we should just say the first three goals in this game came from corners, which is quite interesting, yeah. I thought. But um, yeah, from a corner, Wally, good delivery for once and... Uh, Good header from Rodman, which was on target. Keeper saved it, and Sadler just volleyed at home like a seasoned striker that he is. And um, yeah, it was it was a cracker finish, and yeah, it was it was a perfect start to cap that that good period we were having. And um, yeah, we'd obviously had lots more chances during that period of time, but a good finish and a, and a good goal to get us on our way. And um, yeah, we didn't really stop then, did we? There was that good burst from Bod- Godfrey. Did you see that, Ollie? Oh, that was a fantastic run. Um, so yeah, brilliant run um, from him. Passes out and does a really nice ball to Rodman, who um, forces the keeper to make a save. Um, yeah. And then we had another corner, another brilliantly taken corner by Worley, um, and Sad tipped it over, which is yeah, should have been on a hat trick. Yeah, really yeah. frustrating. <laughs> and then um, yeah, it was just interesting, wasn't it? How you know all of a sudden um, Worley had found his um, his crossing boots all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I also think as well it was interesting. I mean. Wh- We've we've talked about the poor the way corners have been really poor for a long time now. Do you, do you think it was just a week where suddenly Wally was on on it, or was there something we changed tactically about the way we were taking corners? Because certainly seemed like we were aiming back post a lot, 
Like almost all of them went back post and they were aimed at Toto or one of the bigger players. And I don't know whether that's something we worked on this week, but it seemed to work because Toto was a beast at all the corners. He won pretty much every header that came to him. So if that's working, I, I we just keep doing that every week now because we're obviously feeding off the scraps for the second goal a bit later as well. And yeah, it seemed to work quite well. Yeah, I thought um, I thought the deliveries in general from Wally yesterday. I mean, yeah, it has been commented by quite a few people. Mm. It's been been quite poor at times. Been quite frustrating. Yep. I think nine times out of ten yesterday they were bang on. Yeah, I can't um, disagree. And it was it was it was nice. It was good to see, and you know he's got that in his locker. You know he's got the ability to do it, and it, I think it's just a typical wing, a lower league winger where he'll hit an absolute worldie, and then all of a sudden he'll just <laughs> he'll shank about yeah. five. But no, they were great corners, and like I say, Toto was 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 a nightmare to mark in Horrible. the box. It's one thing I noticed about Toto; he's got an unbelievable leap. Mm. He gets so high up. There's that photo that obviously when when the club put out about any moans, groans, or whatever about coming to the game. There's a photo with Toto, and he's so high up <laughs> by the defender. We can score so many goals from from set pieces. We should be. Yeah. We should be scoring. Yeah. We should be scoring one or two goals every few weeks from corners. And obviously, we'll get to the next one in a minute. But yeah, we got into half time, didn't we, guys? And um, I think the feeling was a dis- disappointment, actually, wasn't it? To only be one 0 up. Um, I certainly think you, you probably felt that, didn't you, Wally? Yeah, it was. We, we should we should have taken. Sadler could have scored. Um, we also had yeah. a couple of other chances um, at the start. Um, we had one where um, there was a free kick. Um, after um, Morris had a run down the flank and the, yeah, th- the central yeah. defender injured himself and then Morris heads over from the free kick which is another good set piece from Worley um, and yeah it was just it was frustrating in the sense of not like you know annoyed for, well, we were annoyed that we could have been more but it was just more of a didn't take our chances again which is a bit, bit of a yeah. shame and yeah really made what is apparently a, a footballing side uh, looked like a bunch of long ball merchants. Yeah, but at half time it didn't feel like you know Doncaster was still going to cause us any threat. Second half, you you kind of thought they're not going to be as that bad in the second half. But it, as it turned out, I think when we started the second half, they 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 actually got into the game a bit more. I think up until our second goal, we were still on top. Were we Doncaster? Yeah, I think so. I think Doncaster got more into it, but I certainly think we were we were doing our usual thing of leaving them a little bit arm's length. We weren't quite mm. as fluid. But I still think we were, you know, we one 0 up and controlling the game. I don't, think, I wasn't yeah. too worried. Still, I, I personally felt quite, I felt quite calm about it. We let them play a little bit more in areas. I think their their key point was making their half-time sub and bringing. Yep. I can't remember Beastin. I think his name was. They went more attacking, um, didn't they? Yeah, and they offered they offered a they offered a bit more at us, but we still had him in front of us. Hmm? But I don't think I don't think we were at the same levels as the first half. No, no. admittedly. You think our press slowed down a bit, don't you? Ollie? Yeah, I was trying to figure out um, when I was trying to think ahead of the pod, trying to think when we kind of turned tailed off, um, and I saw that um, that I posted earlier in the day on the on the Salopcast Twitter account. Um, our XG kind of graph just kind of basically just kind of just goes dead um, from the fifty-five minute mark. But then I was yeah. watching the extended highlights back, and even our pressing in the first half, sorry, in the second half, was quite slow, and it was just like a switch had gone off, um, and we just just seemed to be. I don't know, there's like a couple of seconds just behind the play. And yeah, kind of watching the game second half back, it just, it's not that surprising really. We didn't win the game considering how poorly we kind of played in that second half. Yeah. It just kept, it, I agree, it's, it kept dropping and it got worse and worse and worse as the game went on. And, and we can come come and talk about why that was a little bit in a minute. But I suppose we still had some good chances up into the goal, you know, and, and that was on 50 odd minutes, wasn't it? And it totally had a header, didn't he, which was uh, from another corner, which was a good save and we couldn't really get off the scraps. And then, Max Lowe had that really good run where he went down and and, I, and sort of shot into the side netting where, to be honest with you, in Block 17, I was up and clear cheering. I thought that yeah, was I in. Can see. Yeah, so that was a bit <laughs> unfortunate. And then obviously we did get the second goal, which to me, you know, even then, as much as things had slightly changed in the dynamic of the game, once we got the second, way we defend, I was just like game over really. And yeah, get another goal from a corner. Um, this time Toto headed it back into the danger area. And yeah, there we go. Morris was there finally to break that 15 games without a goal duck. And and. We've talked about this, me and Ollie, on the podcast as well. But he certainly deserves that goal, doesn't he, Sean? After the last few weeks, I think he's, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I, I really rate him. I think he's, without the goals, he reminds me so much of Grant Holt. Mm. Um, yeah, really I think true. with his all-round play, he does so much more than just. I know, I know, he's a striker. He gets rated on how many goals he scored, but he does <laughs> so much more for us. Brings so much more people into the play. Yeah, he's he's got that deceptive bit of pace about him. He's a strong lad. He's good at dribbling and running with the ball as well, isn't he? He is, yeah. And 
every time I feel he gets the ball and he's attacking it, yeah, I would hate to be a centre half because he's horrible. He can do everything as well, really can't he? Because he can hold it up, he can run. If he just starts, first touch, yeah, yeah, if he starts banging in a few more goals, he'd um, he'd be at least a championship player. Well, That's hopefully, hopefully this is where he kicks on a bit yeah. this season. I think. I think you, we could see him really. Now he's got one, and the, the monkeys off his back. I think mm. he could go on a goal scoring run. And I, I personally don't think Payne's going to get a sniffer starting in that that one position up front unless Morris is tired. But that's exactly it, isn't it? We play with one up top. Yep. Um, you see people saying, "Oh, we need to bring another striker in." It's do we? I don't know. It's it's we play one up top. Mm. Do you want to bring another player in? You've got options. You've got somebody with pace. You've got the shop who comes on and does a great ten fifteen minute cameo. <laughs> yeah. And he does, he does, he comes on and just kills the game off. But yeah, I'm a massive fan of Carlton Morris. Massive mm. fan. I think that's fair enough, isn't it? So then, so to me, I say I was pretty comfortable when that second goal went in, and I was shocked really by how different the game suddenly went. We, you know, that from that for me, from then watching the game, regardless of the stats, and he just brought up then that was where we really dropped off after the second goal, and it it just seemed like a collective switching off of our minds a little bit in terms of how to, how to sort of get on with the game and then also a little bit of the tiredness started to creep in and every five, ten minutes went past we just looked another five or ten percent off the pace a little bit and everything conspired, didn't it? And as soon as we got that, as soon as they got that first goal that was trouble then, wasn't it? You yeah. know, and it was an unlucky goal to concede, wasn't it? Really, if you look at it, Ollie, it was. Um, it was poor. It was. It was disappointing, and it all kind of comes down to, to a slip. Um, so Hendo slips, and I think if he hadn't slipped, I think he would have punched it away. Yep. Yeah, definitely. He would have just came out and played yeah. it like usual. And and the other thing was that the ball it was a corner which came straight to a gogo and he won the first header. Mm. Nine times out of ten he clears it out for a throw in and he's just got under it a little bit, hasn't he, Sean? And it's come yeah. and fallen in a horrible position. Yeah, I I am not sure if a gogo slipped as well. I'm not yeah, too maybe. sure because there just seemed to be a little bit of a comedy of errors really. Um <laughs> I, I I kind of felt for Hendo a little bit because it was like he didn't he just slipped. It was just it was the most unfortunate timing. But we didn't we didn't deal with the with with Bowdry, well enough. Yeah, it was, was. It just. It all of a sudden just became a free header. I sit in block ten, so from my angle, it was almost a case of ball's gone in, and then all of a sudden it's up in the air, and then it's in the back of the net. Yeah, and I was quite surprised of how poor the goal was we conceded at that time because I think well, we've got big guys on that pitch and we're so solid. Why, how have we conceded a goal like that? It doesn't happen normally, does it? That sort of thing. No, but then you saw you saw Dino slip, and it was just. Yeah, he's, he's he's on the floor, isn't he? And the guy's got a simple header. Yeah. So, a bit gutting, really. I'd say, one thing I was going to pick up, I didn't say before, was I thought that the striker that played up from in the first half and then obviously in the second half as well for Doncaster, he was Mark actually Bush. probably... Yeah, he was their best player, I think, to be honest, in the first yeah. half. As much as yeah. we made them look rubbish, he actually kept them from... I think he was one of the reasons why they didn't get battered in the first half because yeah. he was actually a good option and they did keep the ball up there a little bit with him. If Without a good strike like that, they would have got battered. But yeah. anyway, that was just an aside. But yeah, unfortunate goal to, to concede. And then from that point onwards, it was sort of Doncaster, Doncaster all the way, wasn't it? And that Henderson made, despite his slip and despite what happened for the second goal, which was probably something we can lay at his door as well, he made an unbelievable save between those two goals. There was a, a one which, another corner, I think it was, that he, he punched out um, and it fell to one of the strikers on sort of the right hand side of the, of the goal, and he sort of volleyed it straight back, and it was going in. And Henderson had just got up from making the punch, and then just tipped it over the bar. So we, we can we can sort of point out to him that yeah, he made these mistakes as well, but he also did make a couple of good saves in the game when when, we, when they were needed. But yeah, you've got to take the rough with the smooth, I suppose, sometimes with the goalkeeper performance. He's won a small games, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're not going to criticise him too much. But no. um, I, yeah, it does a credit. And also, interestingly, um, I thought there was one point in the game in the first half when um, Hendry got done, um, but when I watched it back, he didn't actually get done. He just slipped. And yeah, it's the question about yeah, this bit of a boring topic, but yeah, whether they got the right boots on because it happened a couple of times. We should just say the weather on Saturday was was pretty grim, wasn't it? So all morning it snowed in Shrewsbury and there was a layer of, a layer of snow on the pitch about an hour before kickoff, and it yeah. just sort of transitioned from snow to rain as we were sort of starting to come into the game and that washed the snow away, but it certainly left a real sort of icy sheen on the pitch and on the side of the pitch. So maybe, you know, there's a there's a there's a circumstance for trying to play to conditions and I certainly saw a few people wishing that Dean Enson had got longer studs on, but there we go. If we get if we don't get promoted on the fact Dean Enson didn't have long studs on, it's a bit unfortunate, isn't it? But maybe it won't come to that. <laughs> But in terms, in terms of the next goal, this is controversy all the way, isn't it? You know, is I'm going to ask you the simple question here: Should we be calling this ghost goal two? You know, we obviously had the Wickham ghost goal that we had that cost us a promotion. You know, and you don't hope to think that doesn't happen now mm. in automatic promotion. What do you think? Was it over the line initially? And what have you seen from photos and replays? I'll start with you, Sean. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, only because it was it was so easy to see that it wasn't a goal. 
against Wickham yeah, because of the footage right. that we had. Um, the the photo still haunts me to this day. I've actually still got it. I saw it not too long ago, actually. Um, it was a good yard in front of the no, line. Yeah, no way. Now, I saw the photos yesterday, and I thought at the time, he's too far back over his line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I can't, for me personally, I cannot call it because I'm in block 10, and at the time, it almost kind of just happened. Like, what the hell's just happened there? I've had people obviously sit in the West End and say it was no line, but there's people in block 19 that have said it was over the line. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's you can't, I, you can't. I think you're right. No, yeah. I think you can look at the you look at the photos and it's it's too inconclusive until you get goal line technology at this level. That's the only time you're going to have help mm. from it. But Dino's too far back over his line. I think it's given the linesman a, a chance to make a decision. You almost go, yeah, I, I'm trying to do something which people listening to podcasts can't obviously see, but Dino grabs it and then he almost like brings it to himself and then pushes it forward really quickly. Like mm. he kind of knows he's too far back, which might be one of the things that got in the linesman's head. But Ollie, do you just, what do you think? First of all, do you agree with Sean or not? Can you make a, do you think you can make a clear call on it? Cause... In real time, it, um, it, and from block 17, it like he was over, uh, over the line. Um, but, even if he was over the line and had gone over the line, there is an argument to say that the the player pushed him. So it yeah, shouldn't yeah, have been given anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that's all round. We can't change it now, can we? Um, we don't know. Well, it was the, the manager said that to um, me, he said that the photographer must have been a Doncaster photographer at that end. He's got photos to prove they didn't go over. I think, was I don't know, was Henderson at fault? He got kind of lobbed by a half cross, half shot. It was. Yeah, it wasn't even a shot, was no. it? It was literally a speculative no. shanked cross. It. Shanked it, yeah. And, and I don't know. I, it was he at fault, possibly, you know, but it's a very... It costs us a goal, but it's the smallest of errors in some respects. Mm. A very fine margin for an error. It's not like he's thrown it in his net. He's just probably stood a little bit too far back. He's been involved with a couple of players and probably has that goal he's conceded on his mind still. And these things happen. I'm I'm not going to throw a book at him. He's a class goalkeeper, and no. you know I've been thinking he's going to make a mistake for a long time actually with some of his casual passing, and yeah. he's perfect at it. But he does make you worry that he's going to make a mistake, and that's really the first one you can really point a finger at if you're going to. So yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of a mistake, but I'm I'm quite happy to let him go to last one that one. Yeah, I, th- I personally think he looked a little bit off balance as well when you yeah. when you watch the video again. I said it before, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Maybe he should have punched over the bar. Maybe it's all ifs and maybes, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. Did I think it was coming? Yeah, unfortunately, I did. After after that period of about sixty five minutes where we really hit the brick wall, mm. um, I I felt like it was coming. I just I just didn't think we had the energy to to see it out. And it got kind of worse from there, didn't it? When they got the second, it was a case of hanging on. Mm. You know, they they we finished really scrappily in that game, and we certainly had our minds just drifted away from it. To have thrown a two goal lead away, the sort of tiredness and fatigue that was in the legs, we really didn't create any chances. They created a couple of decent chances, um, and even then, when they had made all three substitutes, they had a guy go down injured. They played with ten men, and I still thought they were probably the better team and could have won it. So it was really decent, you know, as, as much as you would take a context of the game to escape with a draw. Really, we could have got punished. So not a great result in the context of everything what we're looking at this season. But we could easily have lost that game, Ollie. In the second half, we could have done. Yeah, I think the first yep. half, um, yeah, kind of, yeah. But um, we could have. We go. Yeah, it was the kind of game in the past we definitely would have lost. Um, it was mm. quite disappointing. And then I guess, I don't know, what did you guys maybe think of the formation change? Yeah, so that was the one thing, wasn't it? We, we Obviously, Hurst could have brought fresh legs on, but he chose to, we kind of did, but he kind of chose to do that as well as So what was the score? Defensive. I can't remember now. What was the score when he brought on Beckles? It was 2-1 when he made the subs to go five at the back. I think because Beckles wasn't on for the first one, and he and he was on, but he was on for the second goal. So I think Rodman was the first change. And yeah. I think it was two 0 then. Yeah. What do you think yeah. of the I'm going sure back to three at the back, Sean? Was he think it was a right thing to do or the, or the wrong thing to do? Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing and all that. But I I I, th- I think he made an error. I really do. Mm, I don't. I think we were. Um, I know we were tired, but Rodman still had a pretty decent game for me yesterday. Um, he was still creating moments for the team. And he was still getting direct at them. Might have had a knock. I don't know. I mean, we, we don't know these things, do we? We're only going from what we can see. But yeah. from then on, we all of a sudden looked a little bit unbalanced. I think the energy where we needed it most was through the centre and midfield. I, I'd have, I'd have, I would have gone Nolan ahead of anything because and Bryn Morris, yeah, yeah, for Bryn Morris, um, because because that was that was the area where I felt that's where we've completely shot yep, the centre midfield. So. Wor- worries I'm a bit me. disappointed, really. Yeah, worries me. Bryn Morris not getting a game there does make does make you wonder, doesn't it? How much because Hurst brought him on and he's played him from the start in a lot of games. But that it was 
clearly, again, I would kind of agree with Sean, it was probably the more obvious substitution. There was that, and potentially bringing Ganur on for one of the wingers. Those were the mm. two places where we'd lost our pace completely. And if you weren't going to change the formation, those were the two completely fresh pair of legs. I haven't played much yeah. in the last few weeks that you could have gone for. That's maybe what I was expecting, mm. Ollie. I, I'm going dis- to back Hurst. Um, Go on, I then. think that um, our, our defence <laughs> is so phenomenal. And we defended yeah. so well in that formation against West Ham. Um, and it took them, you know, hundreds of minutes to break us down. I thought he, I think it was, I think looking back, cold light of day, I think it was the right thing to do. Um, bring Beckles on. Um, they were playing quite a bit of long balls at time as well. And I thought that, yeah, that was probably the best chance for us to kind of um, see us through the game. I don't think we, we don't have the options to bring on any other wingers. Um, I don't think really it's the kind of game to bring on Ganua. Um, I think if we maybe oh, had agree. other players potentially, but yeah, I, I'm convinced that um, he made the right move. It just, you know, a slip for the, the first goal, Henderson mistake, and then a Henderson mistake for the second one. Um, I think that was, yeah, two freak mistakes in the course of Henderson's season that cost us all three uh, points. Yeah, my, my counterpoint to you would be to say that that, you know, our defence is fantastic, but we are a team and the, and the defence doesn't work at the pro- premium level that we've been watching all season without that work rate in midfield still. And that, yeah. And even when we went five at the back, Agogo and Nolan had completely drifted out of the game by yeah. that point and, and looked shot. Even Godfrey looked a bit... And, and you know, it's all well and good saying we had five at the back and we should be able to see it out, but you can't just keep clearing the No, I agree. I agree bringing Bryn Morris on in the middle probably would have helped yep. to give a bit of extra energy in that area. I agree with that point. Um, but I yep. think three okay. at the back was a, f- a fair decision. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. And then the only other thing we had about that game really was what, you know, first sort of good looks at Hendry and Lowe, wasn't it? And, um, mm. you know, both decent, I thought, in, in general. You know, you couldn't really couldn't really point too many fingers at them. Um, Lowe probably a little bit more dynamic going forward than Hendry. Hendry looks a little bit more defensive-minded, but I know Paul Hurst picked him up after the game as having played really well, and I thought he did well as yeah. well. I so. thought it was phenomenal. I thought both of them were... And interestingly... Um, I'd say obviously Lowe's fast and Lowe's clearly a player destined for some good things, at least the championship you'd expect. But I thought Hendry was really impressive. And interestingly, I thought he was quite pacey, actually. He did get forward quite quickly, but I thought yeah. he's got quite a bit of pace about him. And I tell you what, he's calm on the ball. doesn't matter where you pass the ball to him, he'll take it and he'll, and he'll do something with it. Yeah, good acquisitions, do you reckon, Sean? Yeah, definitely. I think Hendry was a surprise, to be honest, because Lowe was an obvious. We needed a left-back. Um Hendry was a surprise that we got in because you're looking through the squad at the time and you're thinking, do we need another right back with Riley there? That obviously, for me, that, that signals the end for Joe Riley at Shrewsbury Town. Yeah, it looks like it. But they added something different to us and it's brilliant to have two of our own right backs. And they could be two absolute finds. James Bolton, who I think, has been one of our player of the years. Yeah. And Hendry, who had a really good game. Lowe was excellent down that left side. We had we had more attacking down that left side. I, I do have to give special praise to Omar Beckles, who's filled in there. Been brilliant. Because, yeah, he has. And I think there's been times where he's had so much stick from people. And then it's like, just, you know, think about it a bit. He's a centre-half playing left-back. And how many times have we lost since he's been playing left-back? Yeah, how many we, goals have we conceded? Yeah, hardly we, any. No. We hardly lost. I don't think we did at all, did we? We, we went um, on like the 10-game unbeaten yeah. run, didn't we? We've always been playing, so yeah. Yeah, and we needed a left-back, and Lowe was, was excellent, and hopefully he can carry that on for us. Yeah. My, my last question on those two, Ollie, is do you think do you think Hendry is selected ahead of Bolton because of resting Bolton, or because we think he's going to probably play most weeks? I think he's the better full-back. Um, and okay. I think one of the things I quite like about Hurst is he gets any opportunity he gets to improve the team, he takes it. And I think this is one of those chances. I think Hendry, you're just looking at the way his work rate is kind of like his background. He is like the perfect Hurst player, isn't he? You know, he's he's not the you can't expect. Um, he just I don't know just something about he just seems like a really hard working player who's going to fit well into the squad and I tell you what um, credit to both of them you wouldn't have thought if you went to the neutral and then you turned around and said those two players are playing their first starts in the league you wouldn't have thought that would you so it's kind of testament to how well they fitted into the group mm, yeah. yeah and so we'll, go, we'll finish this game off now by just looking at the, the top threes and you had low in your top three yeah. didn't you Sean so do you want to just give us what you had yeah I went low for number one Um there were some good performances by a lot of people yesterday. I know it's disappointing that we didn't win the game, but there were some really pleasing performances. Mm. Lowe added that different dynamic to us down the left-hand side and was forever a thorn in their right back. Um, he just couldn't he just couldn't deal with him. Um, he's, he's quick for... He didn't look that quick, but he's a bit like Robin. He just glides. Yeah. Um, Sadler, I've gone for number two. Again, Classic. superb. Every week he's been pretty much superb. And third, I've gone Carlton Morris, worked so hard up top again, and I was absolutely delighted for him to get his goal, and, and hopefully it's the first of many for him. 
Yeah, I was impressed with Morris as well. So I went, I gave Morris man of the match. I thought his overall work rate alone without the cold mm-hmm. still put him in my top three. He just yeah. like got Ben Godfrey, he doesn't stop running. Um, so yeah, I thought Carlton was, was fantastic. And I, I said, I just gave Ben Godfrey number two. Um, as much as he, he, he didn't drift out of the game as much as maybe the other um, two central midfielders in that one. And I think that he, he really drove us on the first half. Some of his bursts were, were one of the reasons why we were starting attacks. And yeah, usual sort of performance from Ben Godfrey. And I gave Hendry my number three purely because it was his you know debut type thing. and. Um, coming into a high-pressure game and being selected ahead of a regular right-back that's been playing well. It didn't put a foot wrong, and as we said, he was solid and dependable and, and quick and all the things we've just discussed. So, yeah, that was my top three, Ollie. Yeah, um, I just on Hendry, I was really tempted to put him in my top three, but because he didn't play the full game, I was, so, yeah, uh, yeah. I was unsure. But, um, yeah, I'd say he was my fourth. But I went, yeah, Morris, Godfrey, Sadler. Um, I thought, yeah, uh, yeah Morris's class again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there we go then. So it was down to third, wasn't it, after Blackburn yeah. won, which was a little bit of a disappointing thing to be out of that. But, you know, Christ, we're on level one points for Blackburn and, you know, in, in going into almost February. That's and, and, and in, you know, joint second, essentially. So there were some massive overreactions last night <laughs> by Tierney. But do you know what? Can was... I share this? Yeah, can I just share the tweet that I shared? Um, so I, I heard on the Facebook group there was a lot of um, kind of, let's call it, banter from um, Blackburn fans and there's this one guy that was given a lot of mouth and I said this to him and I said um, your rivals were, were once Man United, Liverpool etc and now you trowel the internet looking for Shrewsbury fans and players how you have fallen and not very gracefully one might add Blackburn fans, are, Blackburn fans are struggling to cope with their natural level and I did. I didn't just say. I didn't just say that out of spite. <laughs> Their average attendance is eleven thousand, which puts them, makes gone, them a very small championship team or a top league <laughs> one team. That's the truth. It's not. I'm, I'm are you trying? Are you, try, are you trying to annoy Blackburn fans as much as I've annoyed Wigan fans? But, but it's true. I'm not saying. Everything then I said is true. I've looked at the average attendances. You know, if you're eleven thousand, you're a small championship team. If you and you'll be a yeah. big league one team. Is that their natural level? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, 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 that's fine. When you get the death threat, Tyler, you don't come telling me and Sean about it. We're not yeah. interested. <laughs> well, I was saying about reactions last night. There was one chap on the Facebook page that said we were a bottlers, and that, and I said Joke, to him, I said, yeah. do you know what? That is one thing you can never call this team as bottlers. Yeah, is okay. he a Shrewsbury fan? You if he's not, let's get him out of the group. <laughs> well, Ollie, he is a Shrewsbury fan, and I'm going to track him down and give him a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> can't say that on our podcast. No, we sorry, don't, we don't so... officially officially discount everything that you know. You can see why you're telling about, <laughs> that. about that. that aggression. About that. <laughs> I, I, just, I should have said Darren Ferguson on a final shooting, but no. Oh, there no, we go. But we're not bottlers. No. Yeah, okay, we didn't get the result. We, we had the wrong studs. Let's be honest. We've given everything this week and we were probably very tired. If we hadn't played the 120 the other night, we'd won the game yesterday comfortably. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So there we go. And Paul Hurst was, was pretty pleased with some most of the performance, wasn't he? I did, did enjoy him using the phrase small margins. So we moved beyond <laughs> fine margins. Um, Ian Whitchfield should have said to um, to um, to Paul Hurst a few things and when he first joined. <laughs> and um, yeah, small margins is not something that a manager should say for a few years. At least it's not fine margins anymore, is it? There we go. We've moved on from one to we another. But every week. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but in general, I thought he's, I was... I Listen to the interview on the way, and I was listening to it. And, I uh, couldn't. Yeah, I was, I was Could you? Oh, I, I was so gutted that we'd we'd lost. Oh, I, I'm fi- I, such a bad loser. I, no, I'm not a bad loser. <laughs> I just, I just, it's just so disappointing. We because it was such a high. Literally, the first half was one of the is one of the best performances we've had all season. It was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to um, yeah, then to lose. Sorry, to lose to lose the lead and oh, only yeah. get one point. It's just yeah, I was just know, maybe I'm an emotional guy. Shrewsbury Town, Ollie, you should be used to this. But now. I'm not used to just winning so many games. <laughs> That's why I am just That's enjoying true. it. That's true. That's true. I think it's over the years. I think it's just numbers yeah. a little bit. So it's like yeah. I'm just loving this season. I've, I nearly tweeted out, but I didn't. I'm glad I didn't know. But I was, the first half was so enjoyable, and I was chatting to the guys around me saying, "This is brilliant. How enjoyable is this? This is just fantastic football." Mm. It was good, and and to be fair, I mean a lot of her stuff. It was quite comfortable to listen. To. It was a couple of things where he talks about the goal and he said he didn't think it was a definitive angle. He didn't think it looked like it was over the line. Rovers player pushed him over the line. It's a foul. I wouldn't want to see that goal. It's hard to take. So he definitely didn't think it was a goal. He also said that Henderson didn't think it was a goal. He'd been out on Twitter pretty quickly to say never a goal sort of thing. So he didn't think we were comfortable at 2-0. Um, he said that the two goals we conceded didn't have anything to do with the shape of the team. So, mm. you know, what we just talked about, about going five at the back, you know, I say they're still a fluke, aren't they, considering what the formation we were playing was. And, um, yeah, he thought the performance was excellent and we passed the ball well, which we did. Um, so an interesting, strange little game. It didn't go the way we would have expected it 2-0, but these things happen and... Um, 
yeah, not to get too worried about it. I, I, one thing I'm just going to round up this section with is asking you a question that we were talking about on the way out. And a few people have been asking me, particularly fans who aren't really Shrewsbury fans, that are knowing what we're doing this season. And we've had these sort of ups and downs recently with the little run of 10 games without a win, but we had a blip before that. We maybe had a little blip yesterday. Expectations. You, you look at how Wigan and Blackburn are strengthening, right? What they've done in this transfer window so far. We've brought in Lowe and, and Hendry, and they're good mm. players for our club. They've done what we need, but you know, they're certainly not Adam Armstrong. And, and, and they might be destined to good things, but there's a level of a difference between maybe how the clubs are recruiting. Are you, are you guys looking at what Blackburn and Wigan did yesterday, what they've done to their teams over the window so far, and what's happened to us, and thinking, let's be honest, it's likely they might go away from us now. We don't want it to, and I still believe we've got a good enough team to stick with them, but. I think maybe there's, a, there's some town fans that are starting to think playoffs would still be where we might be now. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Interested to know what your thoughts are, really. Um, <laughs> that wasn't really a question. <laughs> more of a grand statement than, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I was on University Challenge. That was the longest question ever. No, uh, let's be honest. We would have taken 14th, 15th this year of progress, wasn't it? But where mm. we are at the moment, we've got to be realistic in the fact of who we're up against at the moment. We, we're not a big spender. Um yeah, we're doing fantastically well, but we're not going to be able to go to one player if we're competing with Wigan and Blackburn in the market and say, oh, I'll come to us because we can offer you X and Y. They'll come and blow us out of the water with, with yeah. finance. But I, I think, I do genuinely believe we'll be top six. I, yeah, I cannot I see us... We've got to go on ridiculous relegation form to not be in the top six now. Yeah. Um, I need to find some wood to touch. And there's nothing <laughs> to touch. But there's still chance. There is still chance. The, the worst thing we can do now is completely go... Do you know what? That's it now. We, they've gone. The top two. The top two have disappeared. Yeah, We've got to keep fighting now. Um, and anything can happen. They've still got to play each other. We've played them both. Points are going to get dropped between now and then. There's going to be some surprise results from us. There'll be surprise results from them. Mm. And come the end of the day, if we end up being third, fourth, and they go top two, it's been a tremendous season regardless. I agree. That's my thought. I, I think if we end up in the playoffs and we're anywhere above fifth, I think it's been a bloody amazing season. But I, I do think there's some town fans that have already started to think that doing that might be a disappointment now. And I, I, I can't really have that, to be honest with you. I don't no. know about you. Yeah, I, t- I think I'd be... I'm really hopeful that we're going to stay stay in the fight. It's going to be very yeah. tough. As you said, you know, the big boys have got their wallet out and started spending and to try and get back in the championship. And it's going to be tough. But um, yeah, hopefully we can keep going, and I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there who are, you know, neutrals watching us this season. Where we want us to, um, yeah, yep. carry on with our, um, yeah, amazing season. Yeah. Cool. That's just an interesting question because I think a lot of town fans talk about that immediately after a little blip like we had, and so it's, it's worth just a little round table, really. But um, yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll wrap that up, and um, we'll just go into the predictions, Ollie. Speak. Here's Brown again. Look for the return ball. David Maycon get there. Summerfield. It's there. Hendry on the line, couldn't keep it out, and the Shrewsbury skipper levels it up. So, just a quick update on the, the Glynn versus Ollie Prediction League before we uh, predict the results for the Portsmouth game next Saturday um, and talk about this week coming up. I went for a 1-1 draw last week, um, and you went for a 1-0 Shrewsbury win against Doncaster, and obviously neither of us got it bang on, but I get an extra point for the, getting, the, getting the result as a draw. So, I'm now three points ahead of you, Ollie, but obviously that's only one win uh, away from getting back at it, so it's still pretty tight at this time of the season, so we shall keep an eye on it. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a look at doing Portsmouth results, um, and before we get to it, I suppose, really just a quick one. We haven't got another week of two games coming up, haven't we? And, and I think just a quick question for you guys is, what the hell do you do about the Checker Trade Trophy now, considering the stuff we've just talked about, tiredness and bits and pieces? You've got a game against Oldham quite late on in a competition, which some people think we can still get to Wembley with. You know, I, I'm quite ambivalent to the whole thing, but what would you guys do about it at the moment? I think you're quite restricted with the rolling, aren't you, of the Checker Trade? You've got to play a certain amount of first-teamers. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why you played Hendry again yesterday. I don't know whether that counts. Yeah, maybe. He's cup tied. He's for the cup tied, trade, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's played for Bradford. Yeah, so he's cup tied. Um, and Godfrey and Goga are also suspended for it on Tuesday as well. Are they? Both right. Them, yeah. Okay. In an ideal world, I would be resting the players because I think Portsmouth's far important. But then there's a little part of me thinking we're so close to Wembley. Why not have a go? Mm. Um, it, it's so tough. It's so tough. Now, if we if we can get if we recruit tomorrow, if somebody comes in tomorrow. And they're not cup tied. Throw them straight in. Yeah. Make I, me personally, I would make as much change as possible within reason. I wouldn't yeah. go wholesale change. 
That's what Hurst has been doing all rounds, though, isn't it, so far, Ollie? I'd say he's been quite pragmatic about the whole thing, but still been playing a strong team. But some town fans were saying, let's just rest everyone and take a fight. Probably a bit too yeah, far, that, but this is certainly a halfway that. house. We haven't got enough to do it. We haven't got enough to do Well, that. that's the trouble, <laughs> isn't it? And it comes, Play Sean yeah, it just comes back to the same position again. We're really struggling in the, in the fullback positions, and that's probably why, uh, sorry, in the wingers' position, that's probably why he went for um, um, wing backs against West Ham. Maybe he'll go for wing backs again. Maybe. And the tricky thing is, are Oldham are going to take it proper serious because their their season's bollocks, isn't it? Really, and they they've got nothing else really to play for this season. They're probably going to stay up with the, with hopefully if their form picks up a little bit. You don't they've know, they've but they back in, haven't they? Yeah, they're definitely on, on a bad run. But they've just re-signed a couple of their players who had on loan that were decent, and um, yeah, they're apparently going to bring quite a lot of fans to this, and they've been having really good attendances in the Czech trades. So it's something they take a bit more seriously than probably we kind of have in terms of a fan base. So. It's a tricky game. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I hope, hopefully, we rest some of the key players. You certainly don't want Carlton Morris playing. And... Is this one on um, iFollow again? Yeah, it will be. Yeah, Is it? Because it, it wasn't confirmed. People were chatting about it. It wasn't confirmed. I thought they said they were all up until the ones that are in the later rounds. That are I on think TV. you have to pay for these, don't you? I think it's like a five for a match pass I've, or something. I've got access to it, so I've watched all the other ones. I just wasn't sure if this one was as well. <laughs> what? I watched, I watched about... 60 minutes of Port Vale. It was poor. That was, that was a poor game, that was. <laughs> and then I put on something on the telly. It was dreadful. That was a tough game to keep watching. That was. It's not I follow and chill, is it? That's for sure. Um, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. Uh, so, yes, anyway, that's, that's Oldham. So, we've got all that to deal with. So, predicting Portsmouth is quite difficult for me because... God knows what we end up doing this week and how how my, my players might play and what kind of fitness they're going to be in for the weekend. So, it's a tough game. I, I think it's a tough game. I... And I don't know, I, I'm not being overly negative, guys, but I, I can see us losing this quite easily. And so I'll, I'll start us off. I think we're probably going to lose, I think we'll lose 2-1. I think it'll be a tight game, but I can just see us, just seeing how the puff came out of us a little bit in that game on Saturday and knowing we've got another Tuesday game, I just think that we might just lose it in the last 10, 15 minutes again. So I'm, I'm going to go for us to lose 2-1 on it. Oh, I, um, they, well, the last few results, they lost to Rotherham 1-0. Um, they drew with Scunny one all, and they lost to Bristol Rovers two one. I'm just going. I'm I'm going, and I'm going to go great, for it. it. I'm going to go for a two one Winter Town. Fair enough, Ollie. Good man. What about you, Sean? Come on. I'm going to go for a safe one one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's 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 going to be so tough to go there. It's hard. Isn't it? They've got you know they've got great support there. I think the blessing the fact is that Agogo is going to have a good week off with no game Tuesday and Godfrey. Yeah, that's Godfrey. True. Yeah, fit and again. Possibly with a couple of new additions that we're hoping. Yeah, it's it's difficult to call. It's a, it, we'll be pleased with a draw. Come yeah. away with every other point. Just got to keep picking up points, haven't we? You know, so. Yeah, a point would be fantastic. Still, I think in terms of and, and you know in terms of if you're thinking we end up in the playoffs, a point against Doncaster and Portsmouth in a row, it's not actually disastrous for that sort of campaign, is it? So um, no. yeah, but I think by the fact we've all gone for a slightly different result, kind of shows you how hard it is to sort of even think about this game because really anything could happen. I suppose you could say that about every game. But there we go. <laughs> but it's going to be tough, isn't it, Ollie? And I know you're going next Saturday, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I put this ages ago using my um, free IHG point. To book a hotel in Portsmouth, so yeah, uh, must be good. Looking forward to this one; should be interesting. And you'll be there, Sean? Will you? Unfortunately, not. No. Oh no, no I'm missing I'm, it as well. Yeah. I've um, I have myself a dog now, so unfortunately, <laughs> I've got to babysit. But uh, no, I'll be listening. In. And I think it's just the end of the month. To be honest, it's it's been a long time since last payday, uh, and it's been a hard month in terms of being a Shrewsbury Town fan. Cost yeah, it's been a lot of games. Hopefully it'll be even harder for Ronan Witchy with his wallet next week, we're yeah. hoping. Yeah, true, right, true, right. And we've got a guest next week as well, Ollie, who's going to the game as well, so I'll probably just play the presenter and listen to you two and then see what's been going on, because I won't watch either of the games next week. What a terrible podcast host I am, but there we go. Poor so there, there we go. So, not all disaster, guys. Still quite chipper, aren't we? And... Uh, yeah, we look forward to the next few weeks, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we shall catch you next week. Oh!